1: It's a heavy day. It just is. We try to convey the range of emotions and activities and all that's going on here in Minnesota, Wisconsin, all around the world. And today, it was hard not to be in tears uh, watching the service for the two Burnsville police officers and the one medic. It's drive time. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll keep you updated on the traffic as part of the procession. Uh, 10,000 people at Grace Church remembering these three heroes. And, you know, we talk about what happened in Burnsville in terms of, well, you know, when when you have a fallen officer, they become like a, almost like a statue, right? And today we got to hear some of the human side of these two officers and firefighter. And frankly, for me, I lost it. When Sergeant Adam Medlicott was talking today, he was wounded in the shooting. He was shot. He was the Sergeant. He supervised both of the, the fallen officers uh, so he knew them from, from their first moment to their final. He supervised Officer Paul Elmstrand, Officer Matthew Ruby, both 27, so young. And hearing those stories, um, I don't know about you, but for me, it just reinforced the sacrifice that we see from people who go into this profession, especially when you're looking at I mean, think about being 27 years old and going into law enforcement, knowing that we are in an era that I think is largely good, an era that is calling for accountability and responsibility and community engagement and respect and all of the things that all of the great police officers always have done. But against that backdrop, you join law enforcement. Oh, but you think about the absolute heartbreak of being, of being that Sergeant while you're there in those final moments. I'm going to play a couple moments from, uh, from this funeral today, but I welcome your reaction, your comments, 651 Something that touched you, something that struck you, something you've reflected upon today. Maybe you have a family member in law enforcement. I was thinking about all the, uh, spouses, uh, with that awful moment when y- you send your loved one off to work in the middle of the night to do a, an intense negotiation, and you 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 don't think about it, uh, but you also can't not have it in the back of your head that you don't know if your spouse is coming home and and a week. And a half ago, uh, their spouses did not come home. Let's listen to some of what Sergeant Adam Medlicott had to say.
2: I was standing next to him on his last call, but now it was Matt that was doing all the talking. And now it was me that was looking to him for the answer. I believed in him as a crisis negotiator, and everyone here should know he was doing an amazing job of it. You can't reason with
1: evil. That uh, that struck me, right? You can't reason with evil. And those officers had no way to know that the guy they were negotiating with who wasn't allowed under the law to have, have guns would have the fact that he had an AR, he, among other guns, and the fact that they w- were going to get essentially uh, ambushed and murdered. More than 100 shots fired, according to BCA. One more thing from Sergeant Medlicott, who again was hit, was hospitalized, and just his presence uh, today was so powerful. Elmstrand, Rugie Dinseth.
2: We were there for seven children. Nothing could be more honorable. Rest easy, brothers.
1: Nothing could be more honorable than that. And we think of those seven kids as well, right? Today we lay to rest these three. We honor them. And by association, we honor everyone who uh, wakes up with community in their heart. Uh, goes to work every day to try to make our world a little safer. Uh, thank you doesn't begin to to do it. Um, but thank you is important, I think. And having that moment uh, today for all of us to stop and think about it. To me, it, it was very powerful. And hearing from, from Sergeant Medlicott, uh, I don't know how he stood there and kept it together because I was just watching it on TV and I couldn't uh, keep it together. The political side of it, you know, it is interesting to me where you think we've had so many debates about whether, you know, this political party cares enough about law enforcement and Should the governor be at this funeral or that funeral? And today, the governor was at the funeral. The lieutenant governor was there. Former Governor Mark Dayton was there. Senator Amy Klobuchar was there. I'm sure countless local elected officials all were there as well. To me, the politics and the policy and all of this stuff, it just melted away today. These were, these are our neighbors. These are just people. And these are, in some ways, just kids, 27-year-old, like just a young, young, two young guys. And then that firefighter, which you think, you know, when you're thinking about concerns with a firefighter and, and a firefighter's safety, you're thinking about smoke inhalation or Or a heart attack climbing stairs or carrying your gear and carrying someone to safety. You don't think about an evil human opening fire on a medic who is trying to save uh, his brother's lives. It's just, the, the whole thing is disgusting. And Adam Finseth, who's 40, you know, another you know, another hero, and we got to really hear another side of of his his personality in his story uh, today. 651-461-9226. Love to hear your reaction about things that resonated with you. I think we have one more uh, clip to play, Dan, and which which one? This is Burstville Police Chief Tanya Schwartz. This is the chief. Yeah. Boy, and she has done just an outstanding job from day one of when this happened, trying to take care of her team, because that's part of her job as well, but also trying to be, you know, be there for her community. Let's listen to the chief.
2: For those who struggle,
1: and there will be struggle, we will get through this together. We will take care of each other. Be strong, be courageous, and remember,
2: our communities need us.
1: You know, we've we've seen incredible response from other law enforcement agencies. I know in my uh, my city of Maple Grove, there was a whole send off from the police department this morning, and it um, to me, it's touching. It is touching. I know some people think that the media is anti-law enforcement. I think some law enforcement feel that way. And, and to me, I understand why there is that reaction because journalists went from really almost zero accountability or questioning of law enforcement And now. There is some. And do I think some people out there are anti-law enforcement? Sure. But do I think the media is? No, I think local media, frankly, is overwhelmingly pro-police and defers to what the police say. And frankly, like now that I'm not a journalist, I'm a talk show host like in almost all circumstances, you should be deferential to what the police say because what they're telling you is the truth. Now, have there been high-profile times where it has not been true? Yes. And should they be held accountable? Yes. But should we also focus and talk about the overwhelming good? Yes. Let's talk to Andrea in the Twin Cities. Andrea, thanks for calling. What did you want to say?
2: I thought... I thought it was a good service today, and my my minister did the uh, the service today mm, yeah mark mark patrick yes
1: it was it was wonderful the burnsville police chaplain mark patrick, where you think like yes,
2: he did a good
1: he he, did, he a, did a good job he did a nice job, i agree yes, yeah, I
2: just wanted to let him know that
1: awesome. Awesome. Thank you for that call. I appreciate it. Jonathan is in Minneapolis. Jonathan, thanks for calling.
2: You're welcome, Jason Derusha. And, um, you know, I just want to say the following. My hearts and prayers go out to the family members that have lost somebody or a relative that have lost somebody because of this tragic incident. Now, with that being said, I have a question for you, and maybe you can tell me the answer to this. How many killings, how many shootings, how many... People have to be hurt before the citizens of Minnesota say no more. We did all that protesting in 2020. Honest to God, if the mayor and the governor of this city and this state doesn't do something about the crime in this city, we will have nothing left, and it will take decades to make this city human and the state human again. If anybody wants to do a protest, I'll do it. I'll set it up.
1: Yeah. Jonathan, but how many more people? I, I get how that. Many more people. Thank you. Thank you, Jonathan. I was thinking about this too, right? Four people were shot, uh, just yesterday afternoon in Minneapolis. One dead, three people injured. Um, you know, we, we, governor, former governor, Tim Pawlenty the other day was asked if, if he thinks Minnesota is safe. And he said, no. Yeah. And, I do think that Minnesota is safe in a general sense. But in a specific sense. It's not it's not as safe as it was. And it's not going to stop me from going out. It's not going to keep me out of downtown. It's not going to keep me from living my life. But it does make me sad. That. Especially with young people with juvenile crime, we haven't figured out a way To deal with it and with guns, with someone who by law should not have had any guns, that we just sort of say, like, well, I don't know what we can do. 322, back in just a minute here on Drive Time. It's Wednesday. We're sharing reflections based on the funeral of two Burnsville police officers and one firefighter. Just very emotional. Ever all of the pageantry of it is emotional. Those flag draped caskets on the stage. Uh, the firefighter, Adam uh, Finset, his. Uh, uh body was taken to Fort Snelling a cemetery. And uh the firefighter medic is what Nicholas and Rosemount wanted to talk to. He's at six five one four six one nine two two six. Nicholas thanks for listening and thanks for calling in. Go ahead.
2: Thank you. Love you guys. Love you guys. Joe um you know the he- the heroism and the sacrifices those three made were um something else. Yeah. And you know the the sacrifice um, on the firefighter. I'm assuming was unarmed going in there to mm. help, and uh, that's it just it's just unbelievable. Boy, that's but such
1: that's such a good such a good point. And that that firefighter, he he served uh, in Iraq as part of Operation Iraqi Freedom. Met his wife in the military. Uh, just a selfless, selfless guy wow. by all accounts. But he he was a uh, Part of the Savage and the Hastings Fire Department in Burnsville for just I think uh, five years now, but yeah, as the you know we, this is a, a an angle to this Nicholas that we were sort of interested in right. this idea that when you have a crisis negoci- negotiation team, is it normal to have a firefighter? Because it's just something that I I had never never heard of, and indeed it is a, right. it is normal. Here for, for just this reason, somebody could get hurt. You want a medic on the team, but you're right. Like he, he went in and boy, you think about that moment, right? Like you're going to try to uh, bring aid to these police officers on your crisis negotiation team and you got nothing. You're just going in there. No, Yeah.
2: exactly. And that was my point. um, You know, everything was just a, a big tragedy and I didn't know he was, uh, I grew up in Savage and graduated from Burnsville High School. I, didn't, I guess I didn't know that he was on the Savage Fire Department. Yeah. Else, so.
1: Yeah. Really good. To chime in there and uh... appreciate it, Nicholas. Thank you. Thanks for the call and thanks for listening. One of uh, one of our texters, Dan, saying that just the tears were flowing at the we were there for seven children. Yep. That was where that was where I lost it at home too.
3: Yeah, yeah. And, the, and the nobility of the service that police and firefighters. Give every day, yeah. Sort of just becomes overlooked, but it's highlighted in a moment like that, right? But that's what you remember what they were there for. This wasn't just one single crazy person that's with right. guns. This that's was right. they were there to defend children.
1: Um, yeah, the initial call that yeah. came in, we don't know exactly it, uh, the details because some of it has been redacted. But in the original nine one one call, there was a call by uh, uh, some of the children's mother, the live in girlfriend of this killer whose name today I uh, am choosing not to mention, but uh, it was a call of a sexual assault. Yep. So which child was it one of the children? I mean, do the math. Yeah. Do the
3: math. There's that. We don't know, but.
1: We don't know, but do the math.
3: But regard and, and so you say like, yes. that's
1: why you bring out the full. I think there have been some questions like, well, why? Why was the response? Yeah. You know, because that's also part of this, and certainly part of the investigation that the state is looking at. Like, hey, is there a way that we can learn from this that in the future maybe it, you you have a better chance of it not going south? But you have to remember the the initial call was that there's a, that the one of these children is in danger,
3: ongoing sexual assault, yeah. and then as it turns out, you've got you know a guy with guns in a house with seven kids, you know. I don't want to set the sexual assault aside necessarily, but, I mean, even if there wasn't a sexual assault, you have a guy yeah, in the house with a bunch of right. guns and seven kids. And that's right. clearly not a, not a safe situation. And so for those officers and that firefighter to go in there um, – yeah, I, I wanted to, to go back quickly to uh, one of the callers mentioned her pastor who's also the Burnsville mm. chaplain. yeah, And not only highlight the job that Mark Patrick did today in that service, which was noble and, and well very well done – but all chaplains that are connected to police and to firefighters and to all the, in fact, just all chaplains yeah. and the job that they do, because in the in the aftermath of these three heroes losing their lives, you had multiple chaplains, not just, you know, Pastor Patrick, but plenty of others who were going into that breach and who were, you know, taking time out of their day and time out of their other duties, uh, in fact, setting those aside because there was a crisis that needed to be addressed. And to have those advisors and to have those people and counselors there for the law enforcement officials and firefighter officials, um, to be there for them in that moment is something that also generally gets overlooked, uh, mm-hmm. but is a crucial, crucial part of not only the the crisis management, but the recovery from this kind of loss. Yeah, um, Having those advisors there, having those ears, those safe places for those law enforcement officials and, and, and firefighters to be able to talk to people and express you know, their pain and their grief, and to have those folks who are kind of professional assistants in aiding in those kinds of grief situations right. there, and I know another you know, uh, uh, chaplain that was absolutely involved in this too. Um, and it takes a lot out of those folks oh. to be there for those folks. It takes a lot of lot of work, um, but it's 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 one of those things that people are are I don't say happy to do, but are it's a blessing to be able to offer those safe right. spaces to those folks. And so, but they deserve highlight today
1: too. Indeed. Yeah, I glad we got that call, and thanks for filling in some of that, Dan. At 5.30, we will visit with Gretchen Gifford, who is one of the police officer spouses who made those 4,000 blue and red roses for the memorial service today. So we'll get her perspective on all of this uh, at 5.35 in total coverage in the news and the traffic as we have some of the still uh, procession, just amazing, 10,000 people down there. 20,000 watching the live stream and countless more listening right here on CCO. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports
3: radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams
1: all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand.